Hey, what's going on, Central Valley Chi Alpha fam? Today we are continuing our three-part series on relating, dating, mating, specifically in that order. On today's topic, we are going to be discussing boundaries. What are they? Why do we need them? And how do we set them? Let's talk about it. We are CVXA, a student faith movement for all nations across the Central Valley College campuses. We believe in a Holy Spirit-led life filled with real devotion, real brotherhood, and real responsibility. Our prayer for you is that you will learn and grow through today's podcast. What is going on, Kyle for fam? Like we said, today we are talking on today's topic on the B word. You heard what I said. I'm talking about the big B word. The B word. What? Boundaries. Okay. Hey, why is it so difficult to talk about boundaries? It's, it's like so whenever you hard. say the word boundaries, people look at you like you cuss them out. I don't, out. Need, ba- I don't, I don't need, need boundaries. Back. What do you mean? Boundaries? People start boundaries. manifesting. Hold me back. What is the deal with boundaries? Honestly, I know we're joking, but why do you think, Vanessa, that it's so difficult for us to embrace boundaries? I feel like we see boundaries as like a cage, like it's a prison. It's like. It's it's holding me. It's it's I lack freedom if I have boundaries. I can't I can't breathe. I can't get out. Like in order for me to actually understand and and to know is I need to know I gotta be able to touch it. I gotta be able to feel it. I gotta be able to see. It. I feel like it's like kids with fire and they're like, I look. I can put my hand out, you know, and I can touch the fire. I can see how long I can go. But but really, there's there's an enclosed area with the fire. To mm. what keep them safe? But I feel like boundaries. It's like I, I don't know. I just feel like it's a cage. It's we're we're, we're not being able to yeah keep it together. You or know, or at least the, it's the illusion that it's a cage. Right, right. Because right. you know sometimes we hear people saying, "Well, I'm just hard headed. I got to figure it out myself. I know uh, the stove is hot, but I got to touch it to see myself." Yeah, you know, I just think that's a foolish way to live. It is so because sad. It if, breaks my heart. If we were to live our life where well, I have to just figure it out myself, then why did God give us His Word? Why did God and give we us would stories? Waste so much time, like it just breaks my heart. But how much time is wasted, and how many painful experiences people are having because they refuse to take hold of wisdom they refuse to take hold of understanding from somebody else's life and and creating boundaries for something that you've never experienced but you're going to take somebody else's understanding or wisdom or even yourself i think to be able to to really admit that i'm good i'm wrong yep and i know myself yep this will harm me yeah and I think that takes a lot for somebody to be able to say and say, yeah. I'm not, I'm purposely not going to do this because I already know where this is going to lead. Yep. But here's the thing. If you don't do that, if you don't heed somebody else's wisdom, yep. or if you don't take hold of your own understanding of yourself, like yeah. you waste a lot of life experiencing yeah. very painful things yeah. because you didn't set up a boundary. You know? you know, it's interesting. God is the creator of boundaries. Boundaries were God ideas, not even yeah. man's idea. We know this because literally in the beginning when God first made humanity, he literally set Adam and Eve in a garden and he mm-hmm. created a boundary. No. Yes, he set limitations. He said, uh-uh. you can have everything that you want what? except this one tree. So we see that God actually initiates boundaries for mm-hmm. mankind. But you know the first time that we see a lack of respect or honor for boundaries is when the Satan, when the serpent showed up. Mm-hmm. Satan shows up and says, hey, did God really say? Mm-hmm. Do you really have to do that? And he starts mm-hmm. questioning. So what we see is a lack of boundaries were Satan's idea and boundaries 
or God's idea. You know, I think it's interesting too how, again, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. We've been talking about this a lot. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. But why do you, if you're going to have self-control, it means you're going to withhold yourself from something, right? That's good. That means there's a boundary place. Yep. If I'm going to withhold myself from something, it means I'm going to say yep. no to something. It, it's it's a boundary. Yeah. You know, I could eat this. I'm going to have the self-control to say I'm not going to eat this. And it's it's very interesting how respected it is. If somebody who is a uh, an athlete, a, a you know bodybuilder, yep. and they choose to limit themselves yep. on what they eat or consume, right? No alcohol, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I have a cousin who's very well respected. Yep. He doesn't drink alcohol, doesn't do these things. He's very well respected. Why? Because he's he's a bodybuilder. He's fit. Yep. Everybody respects him. Oh, yeah, you don't drink alcohol. Totally respect you. I walk into the room as a Christian, as a believer. I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> Why are you wow, uptight? Why are you so uptight? Christians. Oh, all those Christians. You think you're holier. You think you're so holy because you don't want to drink some alcohol. Uh, the same person in the room also said that he would not like to drink anything. And that's not even an eternal value. But it's respected because he's got a six pack. Um, and so I think that is just a very interesting concept that, like, again, we have we have boundaries for lots of things. Yep. Know, boundaries for many things in our life. Yep. But because we don't call them a boundary yep. or because they're given towards maybe yep. selfish things or things that are yep. going to be self-promoted maybe yep. not even selfish just it's going to promote me yep. that's respected yeah and i and i think just being able to realize like boundaries go so many different areas i mean mm. god i want to go back to the concept this weaving theme god is the creator of ideas of boundaries yes. he puts boundaries and limitations to protect us to help us for example even in nature we see boundaries i mean teaching our kids all about science I was blown away to discover that literally God put a boundary in how far the sea could actually go up on the beach. Do you realize if there were no boundaries, the water would just run all over the land mm. and we would have nowhere to stand, nowhere to build our houses, no foundation to stand on because water would overrun the earth. But That's God literally put limitations right. on how far right. waves could go. So we even see in nature that God himself is the creator of boundaries mm. and Satan has always tried to go against mm the boundaries and the limitations that God has set up. And so yes. I just wanted to kind of set that up as we kind of dive into this yes. topic of boundaries. What are they? Why do we need them? And how do okay. we set them? In fact, the dictionary defines boundaries as this, a line that marks limits of an area, a dividing line. So rather you're single, whether you're courting, engaged, or married, everyone, everyone. at some point in your life, you need boundaries on some type of love. Yeah, you come on. Have- you have them you just don't call them boundaries but the reality is there are boundaries but here's the thing if you learn to define your boundaries and live by your boundaries and own your boundaries you'll be able to walk in those things a whole lot deeper and a whole lot more efficiently okay so you can say i get my stuff done when i get my stuff done but if you realize i have a rhythm to my life and i actually have certain boundaries i actually don't do certain things at certain times and i do do other things at certain times you realize you have a rhythm to your life and once you're able to really grow in that you'll thrive and so again boundaries are everywhere they're everywhere all right, so boundaries actually help empower us to walk in purity. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are self-imposed limits with the vision of protecting something of great value. And in yes. this case, on this topic, we're talking about stewarding our sex drive, our purity, mm-hmm. and also our future marriage. You know, the Bible tells us to flee sexual immorality. Run like you got the Nikes Bye. on. Just do it. 
Okay, but boundaries also allow us to protect and honor one another. Yeah. You know, we are in this beautiful season of life, especially in this collegiate year. You look, listen, me and Vanessa, we are praying that you find your spouse up in Chi Alpha. We want to see healthy Chi Alpha marriages, kingdom of God marriages that thrive and have lots of babies, we make have disciples. have a spouse for you. My name is Vanessa. Jesus loves you, and I have a plan for your life. Come I on. I mean, he has a plan see, for your yes, life. Yes, let him use you. Let him use you. <laughs> let him use you. But here's the deal. We have boundaries set in place because they help protect yeah. one another in our relational journey. When we look at a highway on the freeway, there are two sets of lines down the middle of that highway. And they are there to make sure that you stay in your yeah. lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. But mm-hmm. if you cross them, you can get into a head-on collision and cause injuries to both <sighs> parties so in the same way staying within our boundaries allows any brother or sister to enjoy a healthy friendship without any unnecessary injuries unnecessary we are seeing so many car wrecks in relationships that started off as good friends and things, again, feelings are going to come up. That's good. That's healthy. But then it gets a little bit unhealthy. And now we have unnecessary damage because we just didn't exercise boundaries and, and this goes for whether you're in a good healthy dating relationship courtship and you realize hey we're actually not a couple that is going to thrive in marriage so we're actually not going to uh, continue this relationship we're going to break up here's the thing you can pursue a relationship with the intention of marriage and then it doesn't end in marriage it ends in a breakup right uh, a disunion but it actually be healthy and you will withhold those unnecessary injuries to each other if you guys have healthy uh, boundaries, if you guys have a healthy relationship and you'll be able to walk through that together and because no lines were crossed, it's all good. You'll be able to talk to your spouse later on about that relationship and it's not going to be looked down on or it'll be a moment of time that yes, of course there will be this heartache because you invested time and emotion into that relationship but it won't be something that looks that's looked down upon it's why good. because there was no lines crossed there was nothing given to that person that now took away from your spouse or took something that's away good. right your heart wasn't damaged in it yeah. because there is healthy lines where you were able to guard your heart and guard your body yep. and not something that now you you had to heal from yeah because again a collision because boundaries were crossed you know, Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says this, like a city that is broken down and without walls, leaving it unprotected, is a man who has no self-control mm. over his spirit and sets himself up for trouble. Right. When we choose not to put up boundaries or walls, as the Bible says, we actually leave ourselves unprotected and yeah. we set ourselves up for trouble. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are a healthy because yes, they keep they us, they keep the right things in and the wrong things out. Yes. So good. Hey, we have boundaries in so many different areas. And I I believe when we set forth on what kind of boundaries should I have, we need to ask ourselves a couple of different questions. And again, there's lots of questions, right, that we need to walk through. But you really need to ask yourself a couple of different questions. And first off is when you're doing bound, when you're setting up your boundaries, you always should be able to explain your why behind your boundaries to yourself and to others, okay? If you don't understand why you have a boundary, I guarantee it won't be up for long. So good. You won't yep. You won't respect it for very long. If you don't understand why you're doing it, 
And I think a lot of times we really know we understand why we're doing it when we can explain it to somebody else. If you can't explain it to somebody else, you need to dig deeper on the why you have a boundary. We always tell couples who are together who have boundaries, right, when they're when they're dating, put a verse, a, a vision of why you're in a relationship yep. and why you have the boundaries you do. Yep. But I would say this, when you're single, you need to be doing this as well. If you have boundaries, put the why. Why? What's your life vision? What's your vision statement? And maybe it's just a vision statement for your purity. Maybe it's a vision statement for your entire life. But why are you doing this? And put verses up together. Yep. Put your verses down. This is why I'm making this boundary. This is why I'm doing this. And look, it. your why might just be because God said so. Man, that's so good. Just to even build that's upon that. Literally, Proverbs 29, 18 says, without vision, the people cast off restraint. Mm. Without a why, you're going to cast off restraint. Yep. We know this in every other world. Yep. If you want to lose weight, you're like, I'm going to restrain myself. Yeah. I put on restrictions on what I eat because the vision is to have a healthier lifestyle. Right. In the same way, without vision, without your why, you will not restrain yourself. Okay, so your your why might just be because God said so. That's good. Also, you might create a boundary because you watch somebody else walk this out yes and you're like man they have this boundary and i'm a little unclear on what to do right now so you know what paul said hey imitate me as i imitate christ and so you're imitating somebody as they imitate christ so good because you want to walk in that and you know what obedience unlocks understanding Come on. so as you walk that out then you gain the understanding for it but i will say dig through the understanding dig through it and understand it and i believe that even those things that we're walking in obedience to just because God said so or because we saw it in somebody else's life. If we choose to dig through it, we will gain the understanding. We'll be like blown away. Oh, that's why. That's why. God will always give us that understanding. All right. So a couple of questions again to ask ourselves is these three are um, how close am I asking the question? How close can I get to sin? Ooh. Or am I asking the question? How close can I get to Jesus? Man, that okay? is so good. Because that really changes the game. And I think a lot of people don't want to be honest enough. They say, no, I'm asking how close I'm getting to Jesus. But when you really look about it and you keep saying, well, can I do this? Can I do? you're what you're really asking is how close can I get to sin? How close can I get to the fire? Like the, the child, it's like, I can touch the fire. Look how long I can hold my hand over the flame. But eventually it doesn't matter if you can hold it over the flame for 10 minutes and your friend can only hold it for five. I guarantee you leave your hand out there long enough. They're sweet. You gonna get burned. Man, that's okay? so good. I think we're asking the wrong question often. Can I do this as a Christian? Can I do this as a Christian? Can yeah. I do it? Fill in the blank. Right. But the question that we ought to be asking is how close can I get to Jesus? Yes. What, what, what does not grieve the Holy Spirit? How right? am I honoring Jesus? Yep. Does this, this boundary, does it not just bring me close to Jesus, but does it honor Jesus? The things that I'm withholding maybe from the doing or things I'm not choosing to yeah. participate in. Or watching or listening to. Am I honoring Jesus? Could I sit down and watch this movie with Jesus? Could we have a bowl of popcorn together and watch this? Or listen to this? Like... Is this something that me and Jesus can jam out to? When I'm in my car and I have that blasted and me and Jesus is going to be blurting out these cuss words together? Is that unwholesome talk going to come out of Jesus' mouth? Again, am I honoring Jesus? Am I getting close to Jesus? Or am I saying, I can sing this for this period of time. I can do this for this period of time. And then on Friday night, on Sunday night, then I get close to Jesus. So good. So good. Second question, if you're single, ask yourself, 
What is the best way I can honor God, but also offer honor my future spouse? Again, we always like to tell people, man, the person who you are now will be the person that you transition when you get married. Now, we're going to mature as we get older. Right. Yes, but you don't automatically just change into a different person when you right. get married. The habits that you have as a single person get transferred into your marriage. So you really right. want to be aware of, you know, how are you communicating? What is your relationship like with the opposite sex? Because the way that you are living your life now is that honoring your future spouse. So again, we do this for God first. Right. But we're also thinking about our future spouse in mind. Third question. What do you know you need? Let's be real. Okay, Keep it a hundred. You need to be real with yourself. When you're creating boundaries, you need to ask, like some of these things, God don't need to tell you, you already know. Yep. You already know what you shouldn't be doing. You already know what makes you tick. You already know what tempts you. You need to be honest with yourself and make a decision for you. And I believe that sometimes that's one of the most powerful things. A lot of people ask about our boundary. Jamila and I, we didn't kiss until our wedding day. Our wedding day was our first kiss. Uh, that wasn't a decision made because Jesus told us not to do it. It was a decision because six years prior to that, as I was repenting before the Lord, as I was giving everything, as, as I was growing and learning about purity and understanding, and I was as I was repenting for my sexual sin, and all I could think about was God. I want. I was th- kept thinking about my wedding day and my wedding day, and, and not wanting to live in regrets, wanting to live my wedding day to its fullness knowing that my purity was established and my purity was was treasured and and uh guarded all i could think about was how am i going to get there and walk out my purity so on good. my wedding day so good and the only way i could think of because because again I'm, I'm not assured that i was going to date my which i didn't i didn't just date jamil prior to that i had another re- christian relationship prior to jamil that was good but i was like how am i going to be able to walk out relationships and not cross boundaries yeah and i knew for me, that meant I couldn't kiss another man. Yeah. That meant the only man that I could kiss would be my husband. And the only way I could guarantee that is if it was on my wedding day. Yeah. Because if I kiss somebody who I thought maybe I'm going to be, is going to be my husband, but the reality is I don't really know because yeah. we're just dating. Yeah. I knew that could only be determined if it was on my wedding day. Yeah. And I made that decision because I knew myself. So I knew myself. I knew my past. And I knew if I'm kissing... it. Vanessa's experienced way too much. I've given into my own sexual uh, desires already. Mm-hmm. Yep. I knew if I'm kissing, it's only a matter of time before I'm crossing every other boundary. Yeah. So the only way that I can yeah. guarantee that is to not kiss. So again, it wasn't something God asked me to do. It was something I chose to do. It was a vow I gave to God and I gave to my husband. Yeah. I have it written down on my journal. I said, I'm doing this, Jesus, for you to walk on my purity and I'm doing this for my future husband because he would know that I've walked out my purity and I've saved myself for him from the moment that I repented and gave yeah. everything to God. Yeah, so, I think that's so good on t- a couple, le- couple levels. One, uh, when I first went to, uh, you know, met with Vanessa, that wasn't a value of mine, but because it was a value for her and the conviction of hers, I rose to that conviction level. Mm. Other part of it too is going back to the whole future spouse thing. I love the fact that you walked a lifestyle of holiness yeah. to the point where even that Christian relationship you're talking about, yeah. he actually ended up being the best man in my yeah. way. <laughs> I, and we actually became really close friends. Yeah. I actually asked his blessing to ask you out before you know we went out. <laughs> well, because it wasn't weird because they honored that relationship yeah, in such a did. way. Where he wasn't making out with you and all this weird yeah. stuff. Why? Because we could still be like, hey, that's a future spouse. So yeah. it's not yours. There's honor. Until. Right. So that's a way of form of honor. Yeah. 
All right, let's talk about some areas, some other areas. We're going to bust through these. We're going to bust through these. Let's talk about communication mediums. Ecclesiastes 10, 18 says this, because of inattentiveness, the house leaks. What that means is if we're inattentive to the small details of our boundaries, we will suffer the consequences. Mm. So when we talk about communication mediums, you know, um, first I want to talk about what are some things that we should or shouldn't talk about you know a lot of the ways that we communicate man they open the portal to deeper levels of intimacy out of due season so talking about sexual past your deepest darkest secrets if you start your sentence with the opposite sex of i've never told anybody else this but you man we're 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 treading in some very intimate waters intimate details yes again asking yourself Will this relationship transfer over into my marriage? Okay, there's so many times that people are like, "Oh man, I have, you know, I'm just, I'm a girl, and I just want to like me- um, mesh with other girls. I, I so hate more with the guys, guy. you know, I, or or whatever is the opposite for the opposite sex. Um, you know, those relationships they never transfer over into marriage. Okay, you can't just have your your best friend, your your guy best friend, your girl best friend, or whatever. Um, why? Because there's an intimacy that then doesn't honor the marriage relationship that you have with your spouse. Okay, and no matter how many times people tell us no, not me and him, we are good. It it always happens where. Um, that relationship does end up getting severed once you enter into a covenant relationship. And so times of communications, those late night hours that you let your guard down. Let's just be honest. We get a little loopy when it starts getting 11, 12, 1. Definitely 1. Definitely 1. We start letting our our guards down. We start getting more loopy, start sharing more intimacy. So you want to be aware of those things. You You want to be aware of your physical atmosphere. And here's the thing. If you don't limit your time together, if you don't limit... Um, Again, we're talking about what the opposite Yeah, if you don't limit your time together, if you don't limit the conversations you have, I guarantee you, it it doesn't take anybody before, after a certain amount of time, you're going to find yourself attracted to that person. Yep. Uh, It always happens. And then the question will be, are you really attracted to that person? And is that person really going to be your best? And again, can you have a clear, clear headed judgment because you really just spent a huge amount of time together. So do you have a clear judgment on really evaluating who they are and if that's somebody that you genuinely want to pursue for marriage? Again, when boundaries are crossed, it's it gets blurry. But when you have boundaries up, when you are not skewed by the amount of time you've been spending or the types of conversations you've been having, uh, you'll really be able to make an efficient decision of this. Mm. Is this person really somebody? Yeah. I think this is. I think this person is somebody that I really genuinely want to pursue. I want yeah. this person to, I see this person as somebody who can be my future spouse. Good. You're able to walk into that type of relationship with somebody because you're not skewed by just the lack of boundaries you have and the limitless amount of time that you've been spending together. So good. So good. All right, let's talk about some physical boundaries. You know, Song of Solomon 8, 3 through 4 says this. His left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, do not stir nor awaken love until it pleases. And so really you can see this picture in Song of Solomon. By the way, Song of Solomon is literally before there was a marriage on sex, before there was uh, concepts or books, the early Christian church would look to the Song of Solomon to mm. discover how was it, what did it mean to have intimate, healthy, uh, sexual, vital marriage. And so really Song of Solomon was that kind of chapter a book in the Bible that people would look to. And so you see this picture of a man embracing his wife, getting ready for this very intimate kiss. And now she turns around and says, do not stir Mm. or awaken love until it pleases. That word Mm. love is 
um, eros type of love, that erotic love, not in a, in a sinful way, but in a holy right. sexual love that's found in the context of marriage. Yeah, we're and just talking about a tight hug. We're talking about, and this is just a hug. We're not even talking about kissing. We're talking about, and so she turns and says, daughters of Jerusalem, body of Christ, do not stir up that erotic love until it pleases, meaning God says it's good, but don't stir it out of season. So the yeah. question you and I, we have to ask this question. How do I steward my actions in a way that does not stir up that type of erotic love out of season? Fire in a fireplace is good. Fire outside of a fireplace is dangerous. So we got to be real. Sex is a good thing. It's a gift from God between a husband and wife, but it's meant to be in that season. Right. Okay. And then I think when we see this in the word, right, this is in full embrace, right? And yeah. it says, don't awaken love before it pleases. It begs the question then, how do we demonstrate physical love to somebody of the opposite sex? Yep. But it be a holy affection. How do I love somebody? I'm a physical touch person. I want to hug you. That's I your wanna, love language. I want to put my hand on you and just show you that I'm here for you. Uh, you'll see that often. Like, I'll just, I just want to put my hand on your shoulder and I'm, I'm right here with you. Um, how do we do that? But it be, it be holy with the opposite sex. And I know what I'm going to share right now. I know that if you have just given your life to the Lord, it may just be like, what? Are you This about? is like, you are really trying to restrain me. I'm not trying to restrain you. I'm just trying to give acts of a holy affection and not affection according to this world. And again, the Bible says that we are to be in this world, of this world, but not we're to be in the world, but not of yeah, this of world. The world yeah. Okay, so that means we're here on earth, but everything that we view from comes from heaven downward. So there's a holy infection affection in heaven that was meant for here on earth and we are meant to walk it out, but we are bombarded by everything else. Okay, so I'm gonna talk about side hugs. Okay, that's just Right from the side, boom, little hug. That's avoiding the full chest, boom, chest to hug, chest, chest to chest hug. And you might be like, oh my goodness, why is that so much? Girls, ladies, we have breasts, we have, you know, all this. And and then also it's that long embrace in the front that just could stir up things. And so again- On both sides of on, the opposite. On, on both sides, but again, it's just how can we create a holy affection in our body that doesn't awaken love before it pleases and it doesn't lead on to something or again it doesn't bring on this full embrace that could allow thoughts to linger physical uh, emotions and, and touches to linger but it allows it to be I can give you a holy affectionate hug and, and it be you know that I'm I'm choosing to love you and it be a holy affection so Again, so good. Let's so let, good. let's walk at walk this out. So good, but not even just that though. The question is often asked, man. If I'm a Christian, should I be kissing while I'm dating? Mm. Well, let me say this: kissing, rubbing, touching, all these different things. They are a form of foreplay before you go all the way. Mm. Come on, somebody, right? So, like, this is again going in that category of awakening love before it season. I have yet to meet a man. Fourteen years in, babe. I've yet to yeah. meet a couple that's like, yeah, I've made out. We were in a room dark and we've had no temptation. Yeah. No, every single time you're stirring up that love before kissing is a form of foreplay. Yeah. In fact, making out stirs the sex drive um, and you're not able to go all the way. I always give this example. It's like giving a 16-year-old keys to a brand new Lamborghini, turning on the engine, sitting him in, in front of that car seat and saying, now don't drive the Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he may have a little bit of self-control, but why would you put that unnecessary temptation to go through that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I will say this. If you're looking for a flat out answer, give me a yes or a no, Jamil. You didn't give me a yes or a no. Can you kiss? Can you? Is it okay? Is it wrong? No. You 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 can kiss before marriage. You you can do. If you're looking for all these, okay, you're fine. But again, it's about a heart matter. It's about what do you know you can do and what's going to get you closer again to walking in a place of purity and not putting yourself in compromising positions and not putting yourself in unnecessary temptations. Now, again, there have been people who who are great, amazing uh, marriages who have kissed before marriage, kissed before they got married. However, they will say there was unnecessary temptations due to the fact that they kissed before marriage. Mm-hmm. It was unnecessary temptations that if they would have just waited till they got married, there is a freedom that you have that you don't have before yeah. marriage. And I think about two things I always help put to perspective. Number one, if this person is your spouse, then you have your whole life to make out with them. Ooh. Other thing too is, if you're kissing someone while you're dating and they don't end up marrying them, that means you're literally kissing somebody else's husband or wife. Mm. So just put that into perspective. Like, I just feel like I want to express myself. Well, there's got to be other ways you can learn to express yeah. yourself besides just making out. Yes. Just want to challenge you in that. And it sets you up for your marriage. When you yep. learn to cultivate genuine friendship and love with somebody that is not just physical, as in kissing and hugging, but when you learn to cultivate that, again, in your formative foundational, you're planting and watering such a rich soil that allows your marriage to be built on, again, true friendship That's and good. love, where it allows you to be able to sit and to be yeah. with somebody despite anything that's going on because you've learned how to do that in those formative years. Please don't be fooled into thinking that you are the exception to the rule. Mm. First Corinthians 10, 12 says, therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Yes. Follow wisdom, friends. Yes. So what about holding hands and kissing? What's the deal with that? Again, that goes back to the first question. Awakening love before it pleases it goes back to the first question of how close do I want to get to Jesus? How close do I want to get to sin? Again, if you're looking for a yes or no answer, can you hold hands? Uh, can you hug while you're courting? Yeah, of course. We had a couple who prayed, asked the Lord, and they actually felt from the Lord that their first month that they were together, they were dating, they actually weren't going to hold hands. They were going to go on a dates, but they weren't going to hold hands for just the first month. After that first month of uh dating it was solidified in them that they were meant to be together that they they knew that they wanted to choose each other and walk into marriage together and so literally they ended up talking to their parents about it they ended up sharing with their parents that they really felt and their parents gave them the yes like you guys should get married it was actually kind of pretty incredible um how it all fleshed out and they ended up getting married got engaged um, after they got engaged, they got married like four months later. It was a beautiful union, a thriving marriage to this day. Um, again, but they took the time to pray. And the Lord said, no hold hands for one month. And they got to build just a friendship within that first month. So again, 
Can you? Yes. But I would encourage you in everything you do. Ask the Holy Spirit, should yeah. I be doing these things? Mm-hmm. And allow there to be, uh, again, a, a drive where you and Jesus are discussing how yes. close you can get to him. What is yes. honoring to him? And Jesus will guide you. People think it's weird and awkward to ask Jesus about all these different things. It's not. The only things that are not spiritual are things that you allow to not be spiritual. Ooh, God will speak to every area of your life if He's you the Holy Spirit. He'll open give you that yep. door up to him. If you ask him the questions of every area of your life, he's going to answer them for you. Yep. And so, um, anyways, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Hugging, again, hugging. Can you? Yes. Again, there is lots of things you can do. But Paul says all things may be lawful. Are not all things are profitable. So again, there's a lot of things you can do. But it's again, it's about the heart issue. Boundaries again are here to set you up to succeed, not to fail. They're here to set you up for what God has for you. They're here to give you freedom, not to restrain you, hold you back. We look at boundaries too often as these chains that lock us down when really they're like they're what Jamil said, they're just the boundaries and the outline to give you freedom to everything else. Yeah, so good. I think about uh, one of the famous gen- Marines. He said, "Discipline equals freedom," mm. and so self restraint actually gives you the ability to walk in their true freedom in Christ. Man, that was a powerful episode. Yeah, where so there you good. have it, family. Listen, boundaries are self imposed limits with the vision of protecting something of great value. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit is the most precious gift that you have been given, and it is to be protected at all costs. Remember, God has called each one of us to live a life of purity and holiness. Now, may God bless you and continue to cause you to thrive as you live a fruitful life, as you live out your strategic boundaries. We'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks for receiving and applying what you learned today. Now go make disciples of all nations. Remember, you were born to reproduce. Go find, feed, and fight for the lost lambs of God on your campus.